You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This, 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 Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 165 of the Fight Disciples podcast. If you've only just stumbled across us, we are available on iTunes. You can uh, subscribe to this nonsense on a week-by-week basis via our website, fightdisciples.com. And please come and join us on social media. There's lots going on there at this moment in time. At Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also, we're kind of doing a, a, a national radio show together, which isn't necessarily connected to Fight Disciples, uh, but you can uh, listen to us at this moment on a week-by-week basis every single Saturday night. We are live. DAB, 1548 Medium Wave. You can get us on TalkSport, baby, for Fight Night. Starts 10 o'clock every single Saturday night. Weekend just gone. Johnny the Entertainer Nelson joined us in the studio. Legend. Um, we had Dillian White on the phone, Kel Brook on the phone, Billy Joe Saunders on the phone. Good fun, money. Uh, check our uh, social media feeds, personal ones, and we'll put a link on there so you can have a little bit of a nosy. Because uh, there were a few sound bites that came out the back of that, a few mm-hmm. little uh, exclusives. Kel Brook telling us that uh, he's uh, he's basically retiring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One more year left in him, that's what he said. Well, this year, this year, if yeah. he doesn't fight Amir Khan this year, well, he's it gone. ain't going to happen because I'm out, mate. That's it, I'm calling it a day. Yeah. And uh, as we kind of alluded to in that uh, in that show, if you've listened to it, if you're talking about retirement, you're basically retired. It's yep. a dangerous thing to be doing in the fight game. It's all right to do it if you're playing football or gymnastics or you're a runner. Yeah. But if you're getting punched in the face for a living, it's a dangerous thing to be doing. And you know what, certainly with that Rebchenko kid on the horizon as well, because that kid's a, he's a tough little warrior, you know, and I think he, uh, the fact he walked through Ryan Rhodes a few years ago should be warning enough to Kel and their entire camp that they can't take him lightly. But listen, we, we've talked about this since Kel's, Kel's second defeat, second consecutive defeat, should I say, against uh, Errol Spence, of course, who we're going to be talking about later in the show, fights this weekend. That's twice now he's quit. He quit against Golovkin. He quit against Errol Spence. He didn't quit against Golovkin. His, t- his corner threw the towel in. Yeah, because he didn't want to. He, co- he couldn't fight anymore. But he was, he was <clears> dabbing <throat> that I, eye. I, I don't he think... was looking to Dominic in the yeah. corner. He was holding the eye. He didn't want to be there anymore. Do you think? I, th- I think so, I yeah. think he was all right in the Golovkin fight. I think in the Errol Spence fight, Absolutely. He, what has happened to him in the Golovkin fight, and he's had this conversation with a doctor where he said, listen, if you'd have carried on for another yeah. round, you'd have lost your eyesight. I yeah. do think he shit it, so as, do, as most human beings would have done. Absolutely. So what does Rabchenko do when they come? When smash they him in the face. That's smash him do. in the face. Throw everything at that eye. Hope he gets it. And if and if Kelbrook gets a cut over that same eye, watch Rabchenko turn into a Tasmanian devil. Mm. Because in his in his mind, he's thinking he'll quit now. 
he'll quit now. Yeah. And that's what Kel. And then you add the fact that Kel's talking about retiring this year yeah. as well. <sighs> I, lo- I love Kel. I mean, he's been oh, on the show many, many fan. times. He's yeah, a good yeah. lad. But listening to him and chatting to him at the weekend, there was a different demeanour about him. Did you not think? I just think he felt different. Absolutely. And you know what? It, it, the exact opposite with Billy Joe Saunders, who oh, we also had on mate. the show. He was in the same camp. Billy Joe Saunders seems to have sucked all the energy and momentum out of that camp. And Kel Brook's got nothing left. It sounds like if Kel Brook... The only fight I would match Kel Brook in right now would be Amir Khan, because it sounds like the only fight he's motivated for. Yeah, That's dangerous. It does not... You know, you can't play boxing. We say this all the time. You cannot play at this sport. And if he goes into that Rebchenko fight, anything but 100... The only thing that might get him through it is the fact that the Amir Khan carrot is at the end of a piece of string. Yeah, maybe. If he comes through Rabchenko, then there's a massive opportunity and a massive audience to go, come on, Amir, you're here, you're sitting ringside, or you're the same promoter, let's make it happen. Hmm. We'll stick a, a link of that show on our social media feed so you can have a little bit of listen to it, so you can tell for yourself and make your own mind up of where you think Kel's at. Billy Joe Saunders, obviously, you'd be bouncing off the walls because he was flying on Saturday night. And Dillian was as well. He was He's in good value, as, as was Johnny Nelson. So we'll stick it up there so you can have a little bit of a, a, a nosy. Uh, you might notice, by the way, uh, I'm smelling a little bit different on today's show. Yeah. Well, people listening to the show won't because we don't have smell vision sadly. So therefore, you can't actually gonna, sniff was, me through the I speakers. Gonna, I was just checking to see if I had any cherries or any mints. No, no, no. Not my breath, you clown. I'm oh, talking, right. Okay. I'm that... talking about the old splash behind the ears. Oh, right. Okay. There's yeah, a reason yeah. for this, right? Now, I, I, I didn't think you had any left. I thought Teddy had used all well, your aftershave. This, well, this is where I'm going right now. Okay. So basically, at, the, uh, at Christmas time, I, I'm one of them guys, right, that likes nice things. Yeah. But I'm a tight ass, so I don't buy them for myself. Gotcha. All right. So there's certain... face creams and. No, no, colognes no, no, no. and stuff like Cologne, that. Colognes in particular, right? This, I'm, I'm, I stick to the 30, 40 quid bottle of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Whereas there's certain 150, 200 quid bottles of stuff that's really, really nice. And you think, oh, that'd be wicked if I had a bottle yeah. of that. But I'm too tight to spend 200 quid. Yeah. So I mentioned it in passing to the missus and very kindly, Father Christmas brought it me. Beautiful, right? So I thought, do you know something? Special occasion stuff, that. You don't want to spunk all that at one go, do you? Of course. So if you get yourself a nice smell... Basically what you're saying is you don't want to use that up and come and sit in the studio with me. Absolutely. Absolute waste. But every Throw now- your high karate on when you're in with me. Nah, no ma- problem. Ma- the links... Mandate. The links effect. Mandate I, I use <laughs> when I'm with you. <laughs> so this nice bit of tackle, I thought, we'll have a bit of that on New Year's Eve. We'll have a bit of that on Christmas Day, for example, on New Year's Day. Nice occasions, going out for a bit of dinner with a wife, we'll put the old stuff on, you know what I mean? Mandate can be used during the week. Right. Last week... Me and the missus says, right, our Christmas do will be after Christmas. We'll get all the Christmas stuff out of the way. Me and you will go for a nice meal. In the final week, kids are back to school. Me and you are still off. We'll go yeah. out for a bit of something to eat, right? So I'm getting ready for a bit of something to eat. Looks down at the old bottle of uh, Good Tackle. Half of it. Half of the bottle is there, right? I'm thinking, how the fuck has that happened? I've only... Fair enough, I've been pissed a lot over Christmas. But how has it got down to half a bottle? All right, fair enough. I thought nothing of it. Give myself a little bit of a spray. We goes out for the meals. Monday, you know full well, we come here, we come and do the show, and then I'm off to go and do the school run. Yeah. Picks the boy up, right? He's four years of age, my son. Picks him up, four years of age from school. Honestly, you could smell him from down the corridor. I'm thinking, what the? That smells like my good tackle, huh? <laughs> There's a harem of four-year-old girls behind him. Honestly, it's like the Lynx effects just following him <laughs> out the school. Piper. Yeah, I said... Have you been using my aftershave? He goes, little bit of splash, Dad. Little bit of splash. <laughs> He's been bloody using the good tackle, hasn't he? I said, use the mandate, man. Use the mandate. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Four years of age on the old good tackle, hasn't he? Brilliant. Going to, his, uh, going to his little parties, putting the stuff on. Hey, he, t- he went to a, a, a kid's party in his class yesterday. 
Now, the majority of four-year-old, five-year-old lads mm-hmm. just slide on the knees at a, at a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they do. Not my boy. Walks into the party, right? Takes his coat off, hands me the coat. He says, there you go, Dad. Off to the dance floor. Him and all the whip girls. All the girls. He's just throwing down. He's just throwing it down. Birthday girl was all over him. I'm thinking, lad's got it. That's the high karate. He's put the high karate on. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Keep your eye on your expensive aftershaves yeah, if you've got some absolutely. for Christmas, right? Especially if you've got a blooming sticky-fingered four-year-old in your house. <laughs> blooming getting down with it. Wanting to impress uh, the uh, the blonde locks in his class. But you've got to think for blondes as the lad. Haven't we all? Haven't we all, my friend? <laughs> Haven't we all? Sadly, mine's dyed her. It's dark. I'm trying to persuade her to go back again. <laughs> Why do they do that? don't know. That's another thing, right? There'll be lads listening to this. Basically, if you go into a shop and purchase something, mm-hmm. you want it exactly how you are purchasing it. Exactly. That's why motherfuckers go to McDonald's every day, because it's exactly the same burger, exactly the same yeah. fries, anywhere in the world. Exactly. That's why everyone gets an iPhone, because iPhones are the best phones. Right. That's why everyone buys it. That's why the advert was, when you used to oh, it sounds like a Golf. Ooh, the engine goes like a Golf. Oh, the, t- the handling's just like a Golf. Buy a Golf. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You like to know what you get. Exactly. So if I went to the shop and purchased something, I want to take it home and enjoy it as I imagined it to be from when I first purchased it. If it changed for any particular point during my tenure as its owner, mm-hmm. I'd trade it in, wouldn't I? Absolutely. Absolutely trade it in. So why do women do this, right? You meet them in a bar, meet them at work, whatever you've met your woman, right? You, you're attracted to her straight away, aren't you? You're Absolutely. Thinking, God, she's a good one. Look at that. That's a bit of, that's a bit of me, that. <laughs> then you try your best yeah. to obviously get Wine down. That's yeah, it. Yeah. You try to get down. And if just by chance she decides to give in and go with it, then you think to yourself, right, this is wicked. I'm me. You're you. Let's crack on. Now, fair enough. I've changed a little bit over the last 10 years. The year's yep. going a little bit thinner and the, and the weight's getting a little bit bigger. That's fine. We, we're, we're, that's we, age. We can... We can uh, that's right, my friend. That is age. Yeah. There is no excuse for one, dyeing your hair to a different colour, which mm. I didn't agree to. That wasn't on the T's and C's, right? <laughs> There's no excuse for cutting your hair into a mum cut, right? That's yeah. what I class it as, a mum cut. cut. What happened to the blonde flowing Goldilocks? What happened to them? Why have you chopped your hair, kid? Don't get me wrong, you still look good, but that's not what was on the T's and C's. <laughs> I want a discount. I never signed up for this. I want a discount is what I want. <laughs> Saying that though, when I funny, I'm just trying to flip that round now. <clears throat> when I met Jane before, obviously on the route to getting married, when we met, I had a skinhead and was clean shaven. Yeah. Now look at you. And now I've got a side part, a quiff, and and a beard. Full beard, yeah. A full beard. Yeah, yeah. And on my stag do because the lads fucking shaved me beard into like this this weird German handlebar moustache and dressed me up in a lead house. And on the way home, I thought I can't go home with a with a handlebar moustache. Mm. I shaved a lot off. Mm. And literally, she picked me up. Uh, I got dropped off near near ours on the way home from the airport. And she pulled up in the car to pick me up. And I could see in her eyes the abject... Disgust. Disgust. Nice. When she seen me without a beard. And before, he, before she even said, do you have a nice weekend or whatever, she just went, you look terrible. You need to go your beard back. Like, not even, you know... But then again, she could argue the same thing. It wasn't in the T's and C's. When we got married, I had a beard, so... Your, your missus, beard listen, listen, your missus and family listen to this show. My family have disowned me from being on this show. My wife doesn't listen at, at all, so she'll never hear and this. And your mum doesn't like it because nah, she cares. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've no doubt Jane uh, will text my missus to say, have you heard what he's been saying about you this week? Um, now, listen, Jane, there is a reason why I'm saying this, right? Whenever these hair replacement adverts come on TV, my wife gives me a nudge, <laughs> right? The cheeky bitch. She does. 
I said, I can't do that because I won't look like Kovalev anymore. I can't do that no more, right? <laughs> so she's constantly on me going, hey, look, at Rooney's had it done. Doesn't really look well. Do you know uh, Antonio Conte? He was on the telly the other night. He said, look at him, right? I saw a picture of him the other day. Look at Tony the wig. He's absolutely nailing that, isn't it? You could get one of them. Come on, I'll treat you for Christmas. Listen, if I went on about her barnet as much as she goes on about my barnet, there'd be World War Three going on in my absolutely. house. So I'm just bringing it up lightly okay. in the show. Okay? Yeah. Just in case Jane or any other woman listens to the show I'm not right getting now, involved in this, by so. the way. I know. You're I'm being not, very... I'm, I'm getting knocked I'm go, You're being very backseat. When the microphone's not on, you're a right gobshite. Yeah. You're proper going. <laughs> Look at you. You've, you've hung me out. I said, let's, shall we get stuck in today? Yeah, yeah, let's get stuck in. And then you've just let me run down the garden so path. Jane, we have this conversation with Jane every couple of weeks when she gets an haircut and it's like, I might get... No. I might get up to me... No. You can get the edge, the ends taken off. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half an inch. That's, that's right, kid. That's what I signed up for. That's it. I wanted a white the long hair. There's the contract. Exactly, yeah. There's the contract. Blonde, half an inch. Long She's allowed hair. half an inch. That's it. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is lucky. Yeah. That's on a good night. <laughs> that's when the Reds have win. We all win. <laughs> hey, we sure do. <laughs> i tell you what, I was on the rum yesterday. Were you? Yeah, yeah. So we went to match and uh, me and my mate Ted... Our other mate Jacko, he was he was designated driver. Now for Ted, is, for those that don't know, um, Nick is a Liverpool. I'm a Liverpool season ticket holder. Yeah, and we smashed the champions elect yesterday. Not smashed them. You bloody shit your pants in last ten minutes. Smash. No, we just threw them a bone, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, threw them a bone. Go on. But uh, but yeah, our other mate Jacko drove, and now for Christmas, because Ted is Alexander, my son's godfather. He always gets him a little gift. Always gets him a little little present, little godfather presents. And the Christmas this year, I got him a hip flask. You know, always thinking. Yeah. Always thinking. So we're at the game yesterday. A couple of jars before the game. Right, bring on bring on the champions elect. This is happy days. Crowd was incredible at Anfield yesterday. And um, midway through the first half, little nudge from Ted. <laughs> hip flask. Got some dark rum in there, the good stuff. So we're sipping Proper away. On the, oh, yeah. So we're sipping away on the dark rum. Another jar at half, pa- half time. Then back on the rum again. Fucking hell. Dancing all the did way you, home. Did you, did, were you singing the song? I, was, I wasn't singing Salah, that song. Salah. <laughs> Money, money. You hate that, don't you? Yeah, because it's nonsense. That's just a way for me to shoehorn that into the show. Come carry on. Uh, yeah, and it was just, obviously, good time bad by, had by all. But what happened was, my plan was game, jar, home, curry, peaky blinders nice. with the wife. Nice touch, yeah. Bed, up at, six, up at four, down UFC, to watch UFC, UFC live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the good stuff. And then uh, I got, got, up got, at, got comatose and slept on the city. I got up at <laughs> half past six this morning with the kids. Flicked it on, and it was just like the credits, and I was like, ah, oh, good. So packed Jane the kids off, and I watched it before we set on to the show today. So There you go. So uh, the UFC show is available also in your download, so make sure you subscribe, fightdisciples.com. We're all over um, iTunes as well. You get two episodes every single Tuesday, one for boxing, one for UFC. This is the boxing one, so let's get stuck in. There's uh, not a lot of fights to report on. There's one to get excited about this weekend. We Errol Spence Jr. being back in action. Yep. Lots to talk about regarding fights getting made. Uh, pick a number between one and six. Four. Oh, nice. I kind of jumbled these up just so that we... Because I thought that you would be predictable would go in order. Because that's what you normally do. You just go one, <laughs> two. Now I've jumbled it up. We're actually going with the biggest one. Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker. <laughs> first up on our talk. Um, March 31st, Cardiff. We knew it was happening. We've been yeah. telling you for about three weeks that it's been happening. Yeah. We even told you on Saturday night when we were doing our radio show that it was happening. Absolutely. Um, but what an opportunity um, that this fight is. Because 
At the end of this year, I fully expect there to be an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. The winner of this will meet Deontay Wilder, or should I say the winner of Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz, yeah. and all the belts will be on the line. And for the first time in history, there'll be a man in the heavyweight division holding all four, some people say five, major heavyweight belts. Klitschko never did that? He never had Never had all five, never had the WBC. His wow. brother held it, didn't he? Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, fascinating. I know it's also the first time since, like, Tyson Trevor Berbick or something like that, since two undefeated fighters have challenged for the all the belts in the heavyweight division as well. Something like that. So there's some, some kind of, obviously, that was pre-WB. Here's one for you. Yeah. I'll, give you I'll give you a stat. I'll give you a stat now, yeah. right? First time there's been a heavyweight unification yeah. on British soil. I know. That's, that's, that's the big one, really. That's, that's the it's big one. massive, that, isn't it? Like, that's huge, yeah. Huge. There you go. Uh, undisputed champions, by the way, of recent times. Tyson in 87, he held three belts. Mm -hmm. Buster Douglas in 1990. Ivan the Holyfield, obviously, then uh, took that. Then Riddick Bo took that off him. Yep. And then we had to wait, um, because people then got stripped. Remember Bo throwing belts in the bin and all that type of yep. stuff? It never happened again until 1999, when a certain Lennox Lewis came along and unified the, the division. Uh, the WBO became a prominent belt in 2007. We've done shows like this in the past where we've explained uh, the prominency of... Uh, being the uh, undisputed champion of any weight belt. category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fourth belt really came into fruition in 2007. So no heavyweight has held all four recognised belts ever. So we're not recognising the fact that the IBO's in there as well? or Well, you could have five. Yeah, IBO's one of them talking belts, isn't it? You know how I work. I'm not recognising IBO or WBA regular at this moment in time. prodding you with that. Yeah, I know you are. But fair play to win, mate. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just... It's not the first undisputed then, is it? Because Deont Deontay Wilder's not in there. The WBC belt's not in there. I never said undisputed. I did. I never said undisputed. There's an opportunity at the end of the year for there to be an undisputed. Because the is this going to be for the Ring Magazine belt if they announced it? Not yet. No, because Deontay Wilder's got no, no, the no. WBC. No, because Tyson Fury's the Ring Magazine champion, isn't it? Right. He's the Ring Magazine champion. He was given until the end of this month to get himself a fight scheduled. If he doesn't get a fight scheduled, he, gets he will be stripped of that. The number one and number two, according to... Oh, sorry, the number one and number three, according to Ring Magazine, because number three can be made in a Ring Magazine fight, yeah. is Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker. We anticipate... I mean, this isn't official. We anticipate that if Tyson Fury is stripped, the Ring Magazine belt will be on the line for this particular fight as well. It isn't, though. At this moment in time, we'll give you more information on that as this develops. But then Tyson never had the WBC either. No, I know he didn't. So, it, you know... What are you going on about? I'm telling you, there's never been an undisputed champion. No, I know, but I'm, all I'm saying is that we're not going to get it on March the 31st. I either. never said that. I said at some point this year, because the winner of this fight... Well, hopefully right, fight... Do you want me to start again, Nicholas? Please, right, yeah. Call it by numbers here. Right. Jesus. The winner of this fight on yeah. March 31st yeah. will probably... Fight the winner of the fight on March the 3rd, Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz. Yes. Right? To become the first undisputed heavyweight champion in history. But the Ring Magazine belt... Oh, he's got it! He's got it! He's in! But the Ring Magazine Shit belt bed. may well be on the table on March 31st. Might be. Maybe. Un unless Tyson gets himself a fight scheduled. Now, Barry, don't he ain't got to fight this month, though. No, no. He's got to schedule a fight by oh, the end of Oh, just long as it's scheduled. Right, yeah. that's going to happen, because he's going to Frampton. Right. Sort of on the Frampton Why don't you week? just piss up the whole show down the fucking cars here, right? I've written everything down here. I asked you to pick a number. You pick number four. We're, go we're talking now about Joshua Parker. Number one is Tyson Fury. All right, calm down. 
Shitty. Right, that's the end of today's show. Nick's basically <laughs> talked about everything. Thank you very much. Adam Spence is fighting this weekend. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Joshua Parker. Okay, right. Right? March 31st. As people are listening Cardiff. to this, as people are listening to this now, you've probably seen a press conference uh, because it happened on Tuesday yep. uh, of this week. Um in the I'm loving it. I think there's a bit of needle in there already. They're already talking say, shit about each other. I was going to say that because mm. Joseph Parker uncharacteristically said, listen, I'm going to smash this guy's chin to smithereens. Yeah. I kind of like that, Joseph. Yeah. And the more we've spoken, we've spoken to Joseph on a couple of occasions. I've met him in person when he fought Huey Fury. I like the dude. I yeah. do. I don't think he's an unbelievable heavyweight boxer. I like the dude, though. And I kind of get involved with personality. I kind of, that's how I get involved and start to love certain fighters, you know what I mean? Yep. And start to like certain fighters because I like him as a guy. Like yep. the Crawler story, liked him as a guy. You know what I mean? There's better lightweights on the planet. Of course there are, but you like them as guys. And I think Josie Parker's an all right dude, and I kind of like the way that he's, the narrative he's taking with this fight. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think the Huey Fury fights didn't do many favours on this side no of the pond. no favours. Because, listen, either Fury, they're a fucking nightmare to fight. They're a nightmare to look good against, just stylistically. Both of them, Huey especially, his style is just horrible to watch, uh, to match up against, do you know what I mean? To look good against. Uh, I think that did him no favours in terms of this. That's why I'm so, kind of surprised the Anthony Joshua fight came off straight away because I think they could have built this up a little bit more, which is why I originally thought Bell, you would have got the shot to build up to Parker towards an Anthony Joshua unification. But obviously, the ducks have aligned this time around and Parker's in straight away. Um, they, listen, they've made that fight happen. The Parker, they push for it. Mate, the Parker camp have made this fight happen. They had that fucking ridiculous press conference in a bloody uh, cupboard in, a, yeah. in New Zealand, didn't they, when they were talking about... Um, never been dropped and all this type of stuff. They have really driven this narrative. Yeah. And fair play to them, okay, they might have had to take a third of the pie rather than getting the other two thirds. Or... that third will be more than he's ever earned. Oh, of course it will. Career. Of course it will. And if he pulls this off, because I've, I watched an interview with him yesterday and he seems a pretty, they all seem pretty confident kids yeah. when they're coming into a fight. It's different when you've got 70,000 people baying for blood in Cardiff yeah. uh, Principality Stadium and you're facing Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Um, but if he pulls this off, man, he's the boy, isn't he? I think also the fact that he's based out of Las Vegas makes a big impact as well because I don't think in America they quite appreciate what Anthony Joshua is yet. They've not seen him up close and personal. And I think a lot of the coaches and a lot of the fighters and a lot of the people that he's going to be working with and sparring with in the build-up mm. will be looking at Anthony Joshua's performances against Carlos Tackham and against... Uh, certainly against Dillian White and stuff and thinking this guy can be hit he's not and Klitschko this guy can be hit and this guy can be put away if, if you just pounce on him um, I don't think they're appreciating the fact that Anthony Joshua is a lot more rounded and a lot more technical than uh, than um, than certainly than Joseph Parker I think Parker's a bit predictable uh, and I think that's why um, Anthony Joshua is going to get to him and I mentioned it last week and I'll reiterate it again uh, Joseph Park has never ever ever walked out in front of 80,000 people screaming against you the way he will in Cardiff mm. because AJ's a cultural phenomenon right now so it's going to be tough for Parker, but you know what? It's a belt and fight it's an absolutely belt and fight I see, it going ve- I see it going very similar to the Carlos Takam fight Really? Yeah. No, I, I think I think Parker will roll a dice. I think Parker will go for it. I thought Takam went for it. I think Takam was tough, but I don't think Takam was uh, ever in his heart of hearts thought he was going to win that fight. I think Parker genuinely is going to come to the UK thinking he can knock out Anthony Joshua, mm. and that will ultimately leave him open to getting knocked out himself. 
at what stage of the fi- at what stage midway of the fi- through. I think midway through, probably be about six or seven. Yeah, I think I it, think I, Parker. Yeah, will I think it goes. I think it goes. Uh, I think Joshua than, will knock him out. Yeah, I think it goes longer than halfway. I think we're going to get it at the back end of the the fight. Maybe championship rounds 10, 11, 12. But you know, lots to build up. Mm-hmm. March thirty first is when that is uh, in the in the in the calendar for Principality Stadium, Cardiff. Um, keep your eye on social media because I think tickets go on sale, no doubt, at the back end of this week. Um, I'm not going to ask you any numbers, seeing as that you've lost fucking full train of thought on today's show. I'm just going to go straight into other stuff that we're going to talk about regarding... Number one. No, you're not having Tyson Fury now. I'm going to go straight to the second thing that I wanted to talk about, Wilder Ortiz, because that is um, kind of related to what we've just been speaking about, Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker. Wilder Ortiz, New York City, March the 3rd. That's for the WBC belt. Nick, all right? Are we clear? Yep. Okay. Got it's, it. We kind of, if we're honest, we've kind of got semi-finals. Yeah. We out Tyson Fury, obviously. We've kind of got some, a World Boxing Super Series semi-final situation going on, haven't we? We've got unification in one. We've got the WBC belt in the other. Yep. Winners have to meet at some point this year. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know what, the best thing about it all as well, winners meet next, and then winner of that meets Tyson Fury uh, back like end a, of the like year or ultimate. early 2019. Yeah, like Tyson's like thing. couldn't have positioned himself. He's got to buy. He's got to buy through quarterfinals and straight into the super final. Straight in there, isn't it? But then again, he's the fa- he's the former ring and lineal undefeated champion. So why shouldn't he? Hmm. Why shouldn't he wait face the winner of Wilder versus AJ? So I just hope it all comes off. You know, I hope politics doesn't doesn't screw all. Can't this see up. it. Because it's got to happen. Like these are the fights that are going to happen. These are the only fights that are going to define these legacies and define this era of heavyweight boxing mm. as well. I can't see politics getting involved with the winner of Wilder Ortiz versus the winner of Joshua Parker. I can't see that. I nope. can see it getting involved with the Fury fight Fury, yeah. because we're going to move Fury on to AJ. who he's working with in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but Wilder, come on, man, baptize another drug cheat. That's what we want, isn't it? Fair Absolutely. enough. People are going to text me and give me abuse now. Wilder's serving a 60-day uh, community ban for marijuana possession. Yes, he has. Yes, okay. Recreational drugs are one thing. We don't condone them, sound, whatever. However... In Alabama, though, is is, is, man, is that one of the states that marijuana is still illegal? Or is it licensed in Alabama? Was he even in Alabama when he, when he got arrested for having marijuana in the car? And you know what? This is another point I want to make as well. So, I, I, did you see his excuse? He was like, I haven't been driving this car. I've, I haven't been driving the Escalade. Yeah. I've been driving this other fucking, you know, Bentley or, Bentley or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I've just picked this up and me mates borrow it to go away for the weekend. But if you get arrested in any state now for having marijuana, you just go, Yeah, I've just drove from that state. I just drove from the neighboring state and it's legal there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, kid, I forgot all about that. was in the glove box. Like, the, surely that's the perfect excuse now. I, I, I'm surprised he got it with that longer ban, to be honest with you, because. You know, listen, if he's an athlete and if he is smoking marijuana himself, it's only going to do him harm. It's not going to help his career in the long term. It's only going to affect his lungs. So, Whereas Juice Eds... Oh, that's completely different. In order to enable to themselves to train harder, train faster, train that's longer, in order different. to make themselves better in the ring. That's why we want Lewis Ortiz to be absolutely smashed to bits. You know, Lewis Ortiz, as Johnny Nelson said the weekend, what is he, 57, 58 <laughs> in real terms? Nobody's seen the birth certificate. Yeah, I know in theory, well, they reckon, according to records, he's 38, but he's definitely 20 years old. Mate, I've that. stood next to him, right? There's, I know that I'm not looking the best at, for 36 years of age, yeah? But he's got 10 years on me, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, combined, these two have got, what, 62 knockouts between them or something? Both undefeated. Wilder's 39-0, and Ortiz is 28-0. and it's, it's an absolute bomb fest. I just thought, I just think Wilder, kind of like he did against the Vein, is probably going to pounce on him. The thing with Lewis Ortiz is, and we've mentioned this before again, he's either the, the worst-kept secret in this heavyweight division or he's a complete and utter fucking fraud. 
And I think, I think against Wilder, we're going to find out once and for all what he's all about. Is he this, you know, uber-talented Cuban that's been kind of taking it easy to, to, to blindside the champions, to, to climb on top? Or is he actually just a complete 58-year-old fraud who's uh, who's about to be found out in a massive way? Mm. And for that reason, I think Wilder probably pounces on him early, as I say. Why why let this guy settle into the fight? Just fucking get on him and get him out of there quick. Mm. Speaking of drug cheats, Lucas Brown's got himself a little bit of a knock with Dillian White. We spoke to Dillian at the weekend. Uh, London good or, fight. London good or fight, two, like March it. 24th is when yeah. it is. March is, March is the heavyweight month, isn't it? Oh, Let's man. be honest with you. It's all yeah. happening in the heavyweight division in the boxing for in March. But uh, to be honest, I'm not hating on that fight. You know, um, yes, I've got my own opinions about whether he should even be allowed back in a boxing ring after failing two drug tests. Bear, bear in mind, uh, Dillian has served the suspension as well. Exactly. And don't forget, you know, people who listen to the show regularly know that we had a bit of a ding-dong, didn't we, with For Lucas, Lucas Brown? Because yeah. we, we, you know, we were basically saying he's got no business being in boxing anymore, a two-time cheat. He, he come back to us and was like, you know, I've been framed or a tainted supplement or whatever it was, whatever his excuse was. Um, but for me, you know what? I'm not hating on this fight. You're talking about a former world champion, Lucas Brown. who's Regular. Under- WBA regular. Well, you know, he's still a world champion. Not on this show. You know the rules. So, WBA regular so like and IBO, interim, no. WBA interim champion. Of Thank the you. Then. Was there, was there a WBA super champion when he was interim champion? Or uh, Klitschko, regular champion? Klitschko. Okay. Uh, okay, then. So a former, in, you know... <laughs> You can all right. I fucking hate the WBA. They, they fucking Fuck confuse everyone. And he's like, Go on, you can have it. WBA it's hard enough regular. following boxing with all these belts anyway. As I've only just implemented this rule to our show, anything previous counts. It was all right. You can okay. have it. Go on. So do- Lucas Brown, former WBA champion, stripped, Regular. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting in against, obviously, oh, Jesus Christ, WBC silver champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in, in Dillian White, a guy who, you know, as we know, Caused Anthony Joshua some some problems when they fought back for the uh, British and Commonwealth belt uh, back in 2015. He's been calling out for a world title fight of his own. Only once a Joshua rematch, he's been calling out Deontay Wilder. He's been calling out everybody. But then he puts in a for me a bit of a flat performance against Robert Hellenius, who didn't want to be there after one round. And at that stage, I wanted to see Dillian White blow Hellenius away and go right. I'm here, and I want a title fight. And none of them jumped on a bandwagon. He never did that. So for me, him against Lucas Brown was a great little eliminator for a potential. If AJ and well, who say AJ, winner of Parker, AJ and uh, Ortiz, and um... do you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Right, you are right. Whoever wins this positions themselves right. If that big super fight with the for the undisputed lineal belt doesn't happen. Right, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, right? Dillian White, Lucas Brown are going to fight March 24th. Winner it's going to be a fucking humdinger. That oh, it'll be way. great because yeah, they yeah, both, yeah. They they both fucking throw. hate each other. Yeah, they hate each other. They both throw down. It'll, yeah. They'll meet in the middle. Someone's getting knocked out, all right? Absolutely. Someone's going over. So whoever wins that fight, whoever loses that fight is irrelevant. You're done, right? Whoever wins that fight might get a shot at someone like Manuel Char, who's currently the WBA regular. Yes. Right? Yeah. Interim in our world. Yeah. They'll get that. Then, if you win that and become WBA regular, you'll probably get an opportunity to fight the WBA super. Yeah. Who is currently Anthony Joshua. That's the path I think it's going to have, going I, to take. Manuel Char's a good shout, yeah. I think the winner of this fight in Manuel Char, unless, as you say, unless for some reason, um, you know, because don't forget, Joshua's got so many belts and if he beats Parker, he's going to have fucking another one. And he's going to have four or five governing bodies going, you've got to fight this guy now. Mm. You know, and there's still, there's still a fucking shed load of Mate, drug cheat what, in Eastern listen, Europeans don't get too excited. that he's got to take care of. And I don't know whether Wilder at the end of the year in America is on the diary for now, which would open the door for the winner of Brown 
uh, and Dillian White to fight Wilder back end of the year mm. towards a 2000, early 2019, you know, uh, lineal super fight kind of thing with this, Joshua. This is how much of a mess boxing is, right? Because we, we cry out to have one champion per division. That's why we love the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah. We've got an opportunity this year, 2018, for us to have one guy yeah. reigning supreme in the heavyweight division. And you just brought up something there, right? Every one of those sanctioning bodies will have a mandatory challenger. You've got to fight our guy next. Mm -hmm. And they all don't like each other because they all want to go and get paid. And therefore, they will be stripping. So in 2019, we'll be back in the exact same situation. So we'll have maybe, let's say it's Joshua. Joshua is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Fantastic. 2019, do you honestly think he's going to be fighting fucking Tom, Dick and Harry, these mandatories? No, he's not, because his star's going to have gone through the roof. He'll probably yeah. be in America, taking in some of that pay-per-view money. And, and the WBA will be going, oh, we want you yeah. to fight Povetkin. Yeah, fuck off, Povetkin. Yeah. Where's the big fight? The big fight's a rematch with Deontay Wilder, right? We're or fighting, Tyson Fury. Yeah, or we're fighting them again, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what we're going to do. And yeah. the belts will then become irrelevant. Yeah. They'll chuck them all in the bin, and he'll lose. Well, this is what he should do. This is what this is exactly what he should do, and I hope the the cruiserweight that wins World Boxing Super Series does this as well because they literally have all the belts. If if Anthony Joshua can do what we've just said, then beat Parkin, then go on to beat Wilder, unify all the belts, ring magazine belts, and everything, he should get the fucking law and you know like Game of Thrones, weld it all together into one big fucking <laughs> super belt thing. Do you know what I mean? And just go right, fuck all the governing bodies. It's all one now. I've welded it together. This is how it's going to remain. And I think every fight fan will be like, yeah, fucking come on. That's how we should do it. It's not happening though, mate. Because people no. need to get paid. The governing bodies need to get weighed in. They do need to get weighed in big time. So there you go. That's kind of the heavyweight landscape of the way it works at this moment in time. Now, regarding Tyson Fury, which you touched upon a little earlier on. Are we going to point number one now, are we? Yeah, yeah. We're going back on ourselves. So Tyson Fury, Frank Warren has applied for Tyson Fury's boxing license on his behalf. Mm -hmm. They have not signed contracts, but they've got an agreement that they're going to be working together. There's a couple of dates in the diary. One of those dates is April 21st which is the Carl Frampton Nanita Donaire undercard in Belfast on the same night that Amir Khan's going to be fighting in Liverpool. Tyson Fury's comeback. You've heard it here, right? We're going to make this prediction. Tyson Fury's comeback, if he can get the weight off, get his licence sorted, will be April 21st in Belfast on the Frampton undercard. How's the goals about that? It's... uh... Crazy, and I think that was why when they obviously they announced Frampton, and then 24 hours later, Eddie Hearn comes out with Amir Khan, announces he's going to be on in Liverpool on the same date. And I think if it's just that, I think Frank Warren doesn't then go come out publicly and go, "What the fuck is he booking the same day for?" He's cheating fight fans. I think part of the reason he was so upset was because it's going to take some of the not just the shine off Frampton, but the fact that he had Tyson Fury, he's got Tyson Fury ready to announce there as well. Don't get me wrong, I think. Right now, if you said to me, "What you can lo- open them curtains and watch Fra- uh, Carl Frampton against Nanito Dene, or you can open nose curtains and watch Amir Khan straight out the jungle taking on a n other," then obviously there's no, there's, it's a no-brainer. I'd rather be in Belfast than in my home city that weekend, right as it stands right now. Um, but if you add Tyson Fury to that Frampton mix as well, suddenly that becomes way more alluring. You know, that just looks way more attractive mm. than Liverpool straight away. But then again, we don't know what Eddie's going to add to the Liverpool card. Yeah, I, I get I'll where Frank's it... coming from, though. I do get it. It's like, come on, it's like you're waiting for buses. Like we've had fuck all in January, nothing to go off, and now you're announcing big fights that we all want to see, the whole country wants to see, and you're doing it on the same night. It's like, come on, guys, Jesus Christ, mm. play the game. I'll tell you what's going to happen on the, the Liverpool card. 21st of April. We'll get to, we might as well do Amir Khan now because this is batshit crazy for me. I, I never in a month of the Sundays believed that Amir Khan and Eddie Hearn will be working together, but they are. Mm-hmm. Boxing's a weird game. 
April 21st, Liverpool, Amir Khan, right? We'll get to him in a minute, but yep. I also reckon on that card, Paul Butler will be fighting Solis for a world title. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. But then, you know, that's the thing with that card now is, you see, it doesn't need it. I was just going to say, Paul Butler's not the biggest ticket seller in the world. You know, he's, he's, he's big, but he's not like he's, got, he's not going to sell out the he's Echo Arena. He's not going to sell out the Echo Arena. But you know what? Right now, the only confirmed name for that April 21st Echo Arena card is Amir Khan against TBA. And if them tickets went on sale tomorrow, it'd probably sell out. Mm. Purely based on the fact that he's been in the jungle mm. and the uh, and the amount of notoriety he's got from it and the celebrity status that he's got from it. People want to see what his next step is. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those cards got bumped back, you know. if Don't forget, you were talking about, we're talking about two big ticket sellers now that have got to go through clean camps and, and come and made to the other side healthy as well in Frampton and in uh, Frampton's got to be 100% to face Nanito Denier otherwise he gets beat <clears throat> and Amir Khan you know he's, he's been out the ring for two years he's talking about coming back at 147 uh, or 140 uh, 147 is it 147 or you know but is he going to be able to make 147 when he gets into camp he hasn't even started camp yet where's his camp going to be is he going to go back to America is he staying here wouldn't surprise me if that Echo Arena car got bumped back a little bit but mm. I hope so from a fan and you know what I want to go to both you know, as a as a boxing, I want to be at both those fights. I'd be fucking gutted if they happen on the same night. They're happening on the same night, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, are you surprised that he's come back at one four seven? Yes, because um, he's been inactive for so long. It surprises me that he wants to jump back down to a welterweight division that's absolutely swimming with sharks. I think he would have more chance up at super welterweight, as mad as that sounds. Uh, we talked about the weekend with Johnny Nelson. The biggest fight out there for Amir Khan is either with a rematch with Garcia, which kind of makes sense, but isn't a huge ticket seller. Um, but the big one is obviously a stadium fight with Kelbrook. I think that sells out a stadium right here, right now. It doesn't even need a belt on it. Mm. If they do that at 154, that make, that sells out anywhere in the country. So it surprises me that he's, he's decided to come back at welterweight. That it, it maybe because of his jungle mentality, though. He's come out lean and mean. I thought, you know what, I feel all right here. Mm. Yeah. It was interesting on the, on our radio show at the weekend on TalkSport, um, we had Virgil Hunter on the show. And he was asked the question about whether he can regain a world title at 147 pounds, and he was very, very reserved with his uh, answer. Uh, Listen, it, well, it's, good. it's, a, it's a long. I, I think he said it's a long road or it's a tough road. I listened to um, some stuff at the weekend, and, and I've read loads of stuff on social I mean, media. Amir Khan going to become world champion. Again. Well, a lot of people were going. Yeah, Kevin Brook isn't going to become world champion again. A again. lot of people were going. Jeff Owen. Jeff Owen. Well, hang on a minute. Talk about April 21st. Jeff Owen and Terence Crawford are fighting on April 21st as well. Yep. Terence Crawford will marmalise him, right? Yep. So he's going to be the new WBO welterweight champion. Absolutely. Then you've got Thurman, who's got two belts. You've got Errol Spence, who's in action this weekend, who's got the other. I fully anticipate him coming through the Lamont Peterson. Yep. And then you've got Crawford. Who's Amir Khan beating out of them? Yeah, exactly. He ain't beating any of them. And then you've got this, this underpool of Danny Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Porter, all these other kids that are knocking about at £147 that are absolute killers. Manny's, Manny's not gone anywhere yet, has he? No. So therefore, Manny could be a decent fight for him. Manny's Khan. probably the biggest the biggest fight out there for Khan, actually. Internationally, yeah. it'd be Pacquiao. But Pacquiao is the golden goose, isn't he? Everyone wants Pacquiao, but mm. Pacquiao wants Conor McGregor. <laughs> In an octagon. Yeah. So you've got that. You're 100% right. £147, I think, is an error. I don't know why they're doing it £147. Listen, let's just be blatant. Let's just come out, have a tune-up. I totally understand the tune-up on April 21st at £154. Mm-hmm. Have that tune-up. Fight Kel Brook at £154. The winner of that could get a shot the world title fight. at maybe the winner of Saddam Ali and Liam, Liam Smith. Smith. 
Yeah, yeah. If Liam Smith comes through that, do you not think he's going to go, yeah, I'll have a bit of Amir Khan. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll have a bit of Kelbrook. That's massive in this country. Yeah. That's your opportunity for a world title. I'm not saying they're going to beat Liam Smith, but it's that's the opportunity. That's the road. Yeah. I'm gobsmacked that he's at £147 rather than £154. I think right now as well with British boxing, you know, booming with Anthony Joshua, selling so many, you know, doing so well in terms of ticket sales and, you know, the whole country's kind of falling in love with boxing again. It always baffles me when the likes of Amir Khan, he thinks the grass is greener, he thinks he's got to be in America, he's got to be over there. Does He can make a boatload of cash here fighting guys that, if you had him, you know, if we had him in the studio and we asked, he'd probably say, Liam Smith, Kel Brook, probably a level below where I want to be. Well, fucking, you know what? Go you, can make, then. you can make more money fighting them though. And you could potentially win a world title fighting them on home soil and really build on your, in, in the jungle experience. Like if you're that confident, there's, there's paychecks, bigger paychecks on your doorstep. Do it here. I think Kel, uh, Amir Khan's always had this fascination with going to America, and he's done incredibly over there. Yeah. He's earned more money than most fighters. And he's never done to ever dream took of. Silly fights, absolutely, he? He took, taking silly fights. Absolutely. Uh, and I think Kel Brook and Liam Smith have both dipped the toe over there, and would love to do what Amir Khan has been able to do. But at this stage in his career, it's time to come back. You come back now. You move backwards to make more money. Mm. You cash in on where your fan base is. And right now, Amir Khan's fan base is in this country. Mm. He needs to come back here. He needs to fight here. And then Kel Brook, as a final eliminator, hopefully if Liam Smith wins the world title, that is perfect, Adam. Like, what a wonderful way to see out the next three fights. You fight in Liverpool. You, you get the Liverpool crowd all riled up. You even call out Liam Smith. Go on. It, it's a weird one because those three as well, they cross over so much. Liam Smith regularly cut spars with Kel Brook. Liam Smith is based at Amir Khan's gym in Bolton, as mm. we know. We've been there with Joe Gallagher. That's the other weird thing. Is Amir going to be based out of Bolton now, his, own, his gym. own gym, which he owns, his own facility. In which case, where does Joe Gallagher go? Does mm. Joe Gallagher stay there while Amir Khan trains there too? Or is Amir Khan going to go back to America? There's nothing like that changing. Even though his trainer, Virgil Lunt, who we had on the weekend, we spoke to at the weekend, is kind of going, well, I don't think there's a world title. Basically saying there's not a world title fight in him. And to be honest, does he take is he taking his career seriously? If you, if he's saying that, if that's the attitude from Virgil Lunter, what kind of a camp is that going to be for Amir Khan? Mm. There's loads of questions need answering. And... I think this announcement with Eddie Hearn left me going, wait a minute, I've got a fucking, I've got a dozen questions here that I need to answer. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we never got the answers, but hopefully we'll get them over the next few weeks. Uh, speaking of uh, one of the Smith brothers, let's talk about the other one. Callum Smith's fight uh, has now been confirmed. Nuremberg, Feb 24th, Jürgen yeah. Bremer in the World Boxing Super Series. I've no doubt you're going to do this uh, extensively on our uh, Radio City talk show this week, which will be available on our website, fightdisciples.com. I know there's been a lot of noise about not wanting to go to Germany, about it wanting it on neutral soil. I knew that this would always happen. End of the day, words that, from a World Boxing Super Series point of view, they can't have, obviously they've got one of these semi-finals happening in Manchester, Groves, Eubank Jr., right? So it's all British. Yeah. And then they've got the danger of it being an all British final and then it coming back to Britain again. Yeah. All right? So therefore, they're all based in Germany, aren't they? The Sowlands are a German company. They're all yeah. based in Germany. It's a case of knowing what they know and going out there and, and growing what they grow. You know what I mean? So therefore, it always in the back of my head was going to be Germany. I understand yeah. why Joe and the team wanted it on neutral ground, but there's other champions out there, for example, in the cruiserweight division, like Usyk. He's yeah. having to travel. He's got to go to Latvia. Yeah. So, end of the day, just get on with it. Get on with it and go and do the job. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on that point, you know, Usyk's going to fight Breedis in, in Latvia. Breedis fought in Latvia, in Riga in Latvia, on, in, in his quarterfinal as well. 
but the place was bouncing. There was 20,000 that was sold out. The atmosphere looked absolutely amazing. They literally couldn't print enough tickets. And it'll be the same this time around with Usyk. Unfortunately, I think they're going to be, there's going to be more tears than there, there's cheers this time around. But the difference was the Echo Arena for Callum Smith's quarterfinal was half, was half full. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't a big crowd by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I always feared then that we, we, Liverpool would struggle to see another That's why we were going on, come out seeing, because we might get a semi-final here. Yeah. Didn't happen. No. And, that, and that's why, because, you know, if the Echo Arena had been a 20,000 sellout, I think we could have seen Bremen in, in Liverpool. I think they would have just gone, okay, man, it's all about the atmosphere, it's all about bums on seats. They know Germany, they know the German market, they know, obviously, that they can sell tickets in Nuremberg. Um, and that's why the fight's going over there. It's a tough fight. You know, I've said it from day one. Like it's it, it's it, it's easy to look past it from a British point of view because we want to see this showdown with Eubank or with Groves, depending on who you fancy for that in the in the final in May. But Jürgen Bremer is going to be a, a hell of a tough fight. Former light heavyweight champion, tough as old boots, always does well against tall fighters, and he's on home soil. Mm. But you got to win it. You got to be in it to win it. At the end of the day. More on this uh, on our Radio City Talk Show tomorrow. Another thing, it's kind of not confirmed, but it is kind of confirmed. Um, Canelo Triple G Part 2. Um, we haven't got a venue as of yet. New York, Dallas, Vegas, throw them all in the air and one of them will come out smelling of roses. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Same night that Sony Bellew will be fighting uh, David Hare Part 2. It's yep. Part 2. It's Cinco de Mayo Part 2 is what's going on. The is rematches. it though? No, it's not happening. <laughs> is it though? Is David Hare going to turn up though? I don't, I don't. I don't think so. But anyway, yeah, Cinco de Mayo. If that is a double header, what a fucking weekend that is going to be. That's going to be an absolute belter, and you know what? Kind of surprised it's happening. I've got to be honest. I thought Canelo, Canelo might, have, yeah, I thought Canelo might have uh, swerved it, swerved it for another twelve months uh, and throw another twelve months on Triple G's clock. Knowing full well that Triple G would have gone, okay, well, I, I'm not going to stay inactive, so uh, I'll either go. There's two options for him. There's obviously the Billy Joe fight, which is tough, tough fight for him, or, or there's the Daniel Jacobs rematch, which I, again, you know, you even you thought Daniel Jacobs won that fight, so. I thought Canelo might have play, played as ace card here and gone, yeah, go on then, go and have fucking wars with them too. And I'm going to go and handpick, a, you know, handpick myself a nice little opponent to dust me through another blown up welterweight. Um, and then me and you'll meet next year or later in the year. So a little bit of credit to Canelo. Um, madly, um, bizarrely, I think Canelo's now the betting favourite. I can't see why. I did, um, Vegas bookies had them as a marginal favourite. Canelo, just because their opinion is that he'll be able to solve Golovkin out this time. But for me, Golovkin was just too big and too strong. And obviously, if it wasn't for that dodgy scorecard, we we wouldn't even be in this position. But Well, I think the majority of people would agree that if if, if a draw comes out and it's 115-113 either way, and then 114-114, nobody's mourning, nobody no. goes that. But because of the 118-110, everybody goes batshit crazy for it. Which is ju- absolutely justifiable. There's no way that he won 10 rounds, uh, Canelo, in that fight. But he didn't. Because of that, though, he's kind of lost a little bit of credibility off the back of it. He wasn't terrible. He won a lot of the early parts of that fight, and Triple G won a lot of the back end of that fight. It was yeah. a very uh, tale of two halves, really, that fight. Um, so, personally, I looked at it and go, personally, I went Triple G, 115, 113, but I could understand the draw. That's where I was at with it. So, going into this fight, I think Triple G figured it out in the second half of that fight and came on strong in the second half of that fight. His footwork was exquisite. Yep. I thought Tri- Canelo's footwork was better than I've ever seen it previously. Yeah. But I just thought that if that fight goes another two rounds, it's and there, and there isn't... If that fight goes another two rounds, I think it's undisputed that uh, Triple G wins because he was coming on strong yep. for me. And I think 
he will have the momentum and the confidence and the psychology going into this fight to think, right, I've just got to start a bit quicker. Yeah, just start how I did. But then I expect Canelo to have a completely different game plan this yeah, time. Yeah, probably. Well. Like, come at it a different way. It's intrigued. I'm buzzed up for it. Oh yeah, it's a can't great get fight. enough of it. It's one of the biggest fights of the year already. Of course it is. So I'm just again, I'm just glad they've confirmed it. I'm glad it's happening. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it went to Dallas this time as well. But see, what I, the reason these things take so long? Dallas should be the obvious choice because it's got that hundred thousand seater NFL stadium. But what happens is, of course, it, these big fights, these big occasions, make so much money for Las Vegas that Las Vegas, even though it's only got a twenty twenty two thousand seater arena. All the casinos come together, you see, and bid for it together as one because they realise the city of Nevada, the city of Las Vegas, makes a fortune when the big fights roll into town. So that's what the, the delay is. But it wouldn't surprise me if this one went to uh, to Dallas, the same venue, the ATT and Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It is, sorry, uh, where where Canelo fought Liam Smith. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Now, the fighting begins this weekend. Dead excited about it, mainly because we've got a huge UFC card, which you can listen to on our UFC podcast. But also, in the boxing ring, a man that impressed us so much at Bramall Lane last year when he became the IBF welterweight champion of the world by beating uh, Kel Brook uh, was Errol Spence Jr. And he's taking on Lamont Peterson, who's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence mm-hmm. of late, Lamont. Um, we obviously remember him from fighting the likes of Amir Khan. Um, and we saw him with some extremely short shorts last year. I mean, they were they were proper Mike Tyson-esque, Johnny Barnes, 1988-type shorts Lamont yep. Peterson was sporting. Um, and he's been putting in some wonderful performances. Don't get me wrong, I think Errol Spence Jr. is a cut above, but I'm really looking forward to this, just to see how Lamont Peterson approaches the fight and whether he just chucks the kitchen sink at it and has a real good go. Yeah, I'm, um, I was really impressed with Peterson um, at the start of last year. Um, when he fought that David Aventian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he took the WBA world title off him, didn't he? Um, wasn't the super title. It was the WBA... Interim. Regular <laughs> welterweight title. Uh, is there a WBA super champion at welterweight? I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, just because Aventian's uh, locally based, he's based in the Thurman. northwest of England, so... Thurman's your WBA. Thurman's the WBA super WBC, champion. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, and I, I literally thought, you know, that that fight had been had been picked uh, because Peterson was on the slide. Obviously, he was coming off the back of a, a loss to uh, to Danny Garcia. And don't forget, Peterson was like the main guy in this welterweight division. I know he lost to Timothy Bradley, but it was a really close fight and uh, got up off the deck and, and, and pushed the scorecards. And then he ran into Matisse, didn't he? Lucas Matisse, who, who then emerged as the new big superstar of this welterweight division, the big punch in Matisse. And, He's kind of fell by the wayside and then Peterson came back and, and then fought Garcia um, and lost the decision there. But that was a close fight too. I think one of the judges had it as a score, added as a draw. So, you know, Peterson's always been there or thereabouts. It just seems he's he's got this kind of nearly man tag. I know he's a, a, two, a two-time world champion, but he's kind of got this nearly man tag. The thing with Errol Spence with this fight is, obviously in America, you speak to any American coach, they rave about Errol Spence, they say what a big superstar he's going to be and it was very much the voices from America when he fought Kelbrook who were going, what the fuck is Kelbrook fight, doing fighting that guy? Kelbrook will get stopped, Errol Spence is too good and they were absolutely right. And this time around, the noises coming out of there, it seems to centre around the fact that Peterson and uh, Errol Spence used to spar together five or six years ago. Peterson, of course, was was a new world champion then. Uh, Errol Spence was, was this young amateur uh, with all this aspirations and all this potential and the noises coming out of sparring sessions with that Errol Spence as a kid used to handle Lamont Peterson the world champion uh, obviously Peterson when asked about it now kind of reflects on it and goes well he was a kid I was taking it easy but there's got to be something in that you know where you think okay 
Peterson's in a situation. I'm not too sure why he gave up that WBA regular belt, but that's not on the line this weekend. It's just Edel Spence IBF belt. Um, it, what the, the big crime with Edel Spence is, and you could probably argue with, with Peterson, why have these two guys been out for the best part of a year? Mm. You know, why has Edel Spence been on the sidelines after that amazing performance against Kell Brook? We've had to wait almost a year to see him in action again. I think he's had some managerial disputes or whatever. Maybe it might just be opponent issues. I'm not sure. I think but... it's opponent issues because there's been so much talk back and forth with him and Keith Thurman, and it's just not necessarily materialised at this moment in time. You, we know how this works in in just in boxing in general. There's, there are a lot of politics involved with people signed to different management companies. Al Heyman and various things like that kind of doesn't want fighters to be going down certain routes. He's Obviously, Al Heyman's been on record in the past where he's paid fighters not to fight. I think he yeah. paid uh, Peter Quillen, yeah. uh, the former middleweight champion Fortune. of the world. He paid him about three million quid not to take a fight. Now, if you're a fighter, you're just going to go, all right, son. Happy days. You don't want me to make the ring walk, but I'm still getting paid three million quid. Yeah, all right, I'll jump all over that. Um, so I think there's a lot of that involved. I'm just happy that he's back in with a proper opponent. Lamont Peterson is no mug. Errol Spence Jr., though, I anticipate anticipate him to do a, a job here. Yeah. And then hopefully at some point this year, we might get to see um, Thurman. the Thurman fight. Because I think that's the one that the majority of people want to see. They want to see some type of unification at this level now because yeah. it is a sharp pool. Yeah. Let's get them in there, Elspeth Jr. and Keith Thurman. Uh, I think also it builds towards the, the actual super fight for this weight class now as well. And that's the w- the winner of that fight fighting against Terence Crawford. I think Terence Crawford moving up to this weight class makes it absolutely fascinating. Obviously, he's, he's going to fight Jeff Horn rephrase that he's going to take the WBO belt off Jeff Horn um, and then he's going to be the you know the guy the guy kind Mate, of standing in front of this. both Thurman and Earl Spence imagine this this year right so the, by the back end of this year we've just been speaking about undisputed yeah could have an undisputed welterweight champion don't forget Terence Crawford was just the undisputed super that's what I was going to say he's the unification king undisputed the first man since uh, Jermaine Taylor to have any undisputed tag in any mm. weight category when he was at 140 pounds yeah Steps up to 147 and within a year is the, the undisputed welterweight champion. Listen, don't get me wrong. I think Keith Thurman... There is no argument for fight. pound for pound if he does that, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You it's can stick your Lomachenko fight, in the bin. Well, listen, we've got a big year planned. Don't you worry about We've Loma. got a big year planned. We've plan. got a big year planned. Anyway, we're, we're getting away with it because Errol Spence Jr., Lamont Peterson this weekend... You're fully anticipating Errol Spence Jr. to stop him? Um, I don't know. I think uh, Lamont Peterson's a tough guy, man. And as, as Peterson... I think he's only been stopped once before in his career, um, uh, and that was against that Matisse who, who punched like a freight train. I don't know whether Errol Spence is more. Errol Spence for me is more speed than power. Mm. So I think uh, P- Peterson saying that Peterson's you know he's, he's nineteen knockouts in them twenty two wins, so. mate. I know, but we're talking about a different level now. We're talking about he's in world class level now. I think he got. Um, Kell Brook at exactly the right time. Kell Brook was, you know, boiled himself down to wrong decision from Kell Brook to go back all the way back down to to welterweight. He was an accident waiting to happen, um, and obviously the back of the the glove can the man of the glove can defeat. As soon as I got hit, he, he panicked and pulled himself out. So, I, I think I expect Peterson to go the distance. I expect Peterson to to lose massively on points. Uh, during that fight but I think it's a decent fight while it lasts I'm also interested to see Robert Easter on the undercard as yeah, well because yeah, yeah. Uh, for me Robert Easter could be the sleeping giant in what is a spectacular lightweight division mm. um, he's 20 and all 16 knockouts taking on Javier Fortuna um, Javier Fortuna um, he's okay 
I mean, Jason Sosa knocked him out, didn't he? Yeah. So therefore, I look at that and I think to myself, it's one of those where it's, let's showcase the talents of Robert Easter Jr. because he needs to get himself amongst that lightweight, those sharks that we keep talking about in that lightweight category, don't we? You know what I mean? There's some brilliant fights there. I mean, you've got your, well, Garcia's, Linares uh, could step up to this particular weight category. You've got, mate, there's some serious fights out there for Robert Easter Jr. And hopefully off the back of this, we're starting to talk about unifications in that lightweight category as well. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it all kind of comes together. We're kind of getting romantic here because it's the start of the year and we're kind of pointing towards these unification fights left, right and centre. But uh, in the lightweight division, there just seems to be guys now. There's there's three or four guys at the top of that lightweight division, I should say. Mikey Garcia, Jorge Linares, Robert Easter Jr., um, who are just kind of standing out from the crowd. And I think they could well uh, make that happen and kind of bring all them guys together. Uh, I know this card at the weekend is um, is this a top man card? Showtime, Ludabella. Yeah. So there's 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 no reason why it, it can't happen, you know, in terms of the Golden Boy fighters over with Linares and Mikey Garcia. So uh, if Robert Easter Jr. can retains this weekend, they're probably expecting to make another defense later in the year. That's when someone like a, a Luke Campbell might get a look in as well, uh, because they're going to be looking for opponents and then potentially look towards uh, Robert Easter Jr. versus the winner of Mikey Garcia, Jorge Linares, which should happen in the autumn. Maybe this happens in the winter. So, yeah, man, let's get romantic. Let's unify all these belts. Let's let's Game of Thrones the shit out of every belt in every weight division this year. That would be my dream. There you go. Um, Barclays Centre, this uh, weekend, New York City, the boxing is back. Uh, and then the week after, you mentioned Jorge Linares' name, he's back in action as well on uh, January 27th. It's starting to build quite nicely now as all these fights are starting to get announced, starting to get named. February is when it starts to get underway here in the UK with Lawrence O'Coley and Isaac Chamberlain fighting each other at the Auto Arena. Uh, we've obviously got the World Boxing Super Series semi-final. Then in March, it's just stacked. April, May, oh, we are, we've got a lovely part, lovely start uh, to 2017 in the boxing ring and I hope that you uh, come along on this Fight Disciples ride uh, with us. Thank you very much for listening to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fight Disciples um, and uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and via our website, fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.